You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Happy Friday from Sprott Money News at SprottMoney.com. It's May Day, May the 1st, 2020, and it's time for your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us on this fine spring morning is Eric Sprott himself. Eric, good morning. Hey, Craig, good morning. Uh, thank God we get these months over with, right? Because normally at the end of the month, there's all sorts of shenanigans going on. I think we've had our fair share of it this week, and hopefully uh, next week will be a little bit uh, more explicable what's going to go on in the precious metals. Yeah, yeah, let's hope so. And, you know, maybe this month things will get somewhat back to normal. We'll start finding some metal again here at Sprott Money. A little bit is starting to trickle in, and we're starting to get the quarantine restrictions eased as well. However, the biggest concern right now for us at Sprott Money is shipping orders safely and securely. The U.S. Postal Service guarantee has been temporarily suspended for all shipments, meaning they're no longer ensuring the shipment of your precious metals or requiring your signature at the door. And so without these measures, there's nothing to protect anyone from lost or stolen orders. So please rest assured that any order you have pending with us will be shipped as soon as courier protocols are lifted. And uh, hopefully we'll all get back to normal as soon as possible. But what is normal, my friend? Uh, I know you've been watching the developments in the world economy and in the virus all week. What what have you seen? Well, you know, that's a very good way of uh, starting an upgrade. What's normal? Um, because we get such conflicting views of and data. I should say data, not views of uh, what's going on. And I would say uh, the, the biggest positive is we keep getting these studies where I think there was a study done in New York City with uh, antibodies that showed that like 14 to 21% of the people tested in certain places already had the virus. And when, which is to say that the denominator we're using to calculate the morbidity is way understated. So morbidity might be a lot less than we expect. And I, I'm kind of falling into that, uh, that camp. Yep. Uh, two, uh, I, I think this, these statistics are also uh, tilted because, unfortunately, the people most vulnerable, the ones in the nursing homes and who are conflicted already, I mean, they, their resistance is, unfortunately, not significant. And, and there's been a lot of deaths in that particular category, which I think kind of overstated the uh, the death rate. I would say, however, on the... Uh, on the negative side, some of these after effects, which are now being discussed, where people can uh, test positive, then they test negative, and then they test positive again, like 45 days later. The fact that there can be uh, other organs affected, you know, we heard early on about sudden uh, heart attacks and things like that. We've heard about uh, long term damage to lungs. So, there's a lot that we don't know about the ultimate, uh, ultimate long-term effects of the virus. The one thing we do know is that the actions that the governments in the world have taken have put us in a depression. And we have to decide what is going to be the human cost of a depression versus the human cost, which is man-made. Uh, versus the human cost of the disease. I don't know the answer, but I, I tend to be leaning to, you know, I think we've taken it too far here, that we have to find ways of starting to unravel 
the complete closure of the economy. So I, I'm hoping that we can find some way to bring people back to work uh, and, and perhaps with social distancing and masks and so on, that there won't be nearly the spread that there otherwise would have been had we just had total uh, uh, non-compliance with anything. Eric, it leads to a, um, I guess, one of the questions that we had this week, which is about keeping money in the banks. I mean, these measures that are going to be taken by the central banks are only going to continue and deepen. Uh, they're going to continue to print and print and try to keep this plate spinning. Um, that, that was a question. I mean, are you con- would you personally be concerned about money you have in a, in a Canadian or U.S. bank? Well, I have already many times in my life been concerned about uh, money in a bank. Uh, I was concerned in 2000 about having money in the bank. I was concerned in the great financial crisis when effectively most financial institutions were bankrupt. I was concerned about having money in a bank and I'm concerned about having money in a bank today. We have no idea what's going on behind the scenes as I even read, you know, the, uh, the Fed statement from this week and then and the comments that the ECB made. And the ECB was even more ridiculous. I mean, all they did was help banks. I mean, it was just all about the banks. Right. And wh- why, why is everything about the banks? Because they're in bad shape. They're levered. They got all these bad loans. They got most industries, probably 80% of the industries, are suffering, you know, grievously here. How, how they're going to survive, I have no idea. So, uh, yeah, I think they're, they're worried about the banks, and we as individuals should be worried about the banks. I can assure you, already within the last six months, I... I had money in the bank. So, you know, I don't want that money in the bank. I'm going to go buy some silver, which I did. And, of course, I don't leave it in the banking system either. Right. I want it out of the banking system. So I, I think it's a very good question. I, I should mention, that, Craig, that something else that I – as a sort of an extension of COVID. You know, we, we're watching these uh, earnings reports, and we saw at both Apple and Amazon report last night. The stocks reacted very negatively to what's going on. And uh, we're not even in the bad quarter. Right. The bad quarter's this quarter. What's going to happen? And of course, Amazon came out and said well, we might need to spend four billion this quarter to prepare our company for COVID nineteen. And it would appear that they are one of the companies that really wasn't that prepared for COVID nineteen, just from anecdotal things we hear. And to think, and and of course, it'll wipe out their second quarter. Uh, and and. A lot of people might have imagined, oh, well, I'd love to be Amazon because it's all online and we can make all this money. And, and, of course, meanwhile, now they're finding out that because they have all these people working, they, too, have a problem. So that uh, there's going to be no earnings there for a stock that's, you know, is so elevated it's a joke. Uh, Apple's uh, earnings, the, it, 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 the um, dollar earnings were down year over year. Their cash Went from 207 to 207 billion to 192 in the quarter. I have no idea why, but obviously uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, difficulty amongst all companies, even the great companies, the Amazons, the Apples, whatever. I mean, I can imagine what's Google's advertising revenue going to be like this quarter. Uh, like I, I, I just fear that even the stalwarts and the great captains of industry. I think are going to surprise the downside when we all figure out what's happening this quarter, let alone all those industries that we see every day that have problems, whether it's, you know, airlines or cruise lines right. or uh, restaurants, you know, food companies. Anyway, 
Well, that leads me to, I guess we'll talk about the majors because uh, okay. earnings reports are going to start next week. We got one yesterday from Yamana just to kind of kick things off, and it was pretty good with an increase in their dividend. And you talk about all these other equity sectors that are under pressure, cutting dividends, uh, negative earnings reports, all that kind of stuff. But here in the mining sector, it's the complete opposite, right? You got dividends being yeah. increased, earnings being great year over year, quarter over quarter, and there's no other sector yeah. that is uh, performing that way. So we're seeing some money flow yeah. in. The GDX looks like it's sure. breaking out to seven-year highs. Uh, what do you think going into earnings season? Sure. Well, first of all, on the earnings front, uh, it, it's gonna, I, I think it's going to be very variable what different companies report. You know, if you're in Mexico, you're shut down. If you're in Peru, you're shut down. Uh, if you're in Quebec, you're open. Uh, if you're Ontario, you maybe you're partially open. So the earnings reports that we get are, aren't necessarily going to tell us a lot. But I think the way, to, the way I look at companies is I always say every day, okay, what would they be earning today based on today's prices, today's exchange rate, today's uh, uh, mining operations? What were they earning on a 12-month basis looking forward? And, of course, to the point you're making with earnings going up and dividends going up and cash balances going up, all those things would be happening in the environment we have today. $1,700 gold is a great price for all companies. And I've spoken before about some of the values that we see in companies. I think I've mentioned Grand Columbia here. Uh, it's probably trading at you know three times cash flow. I, I might have mentioned Jaguar before, who's in Brazil, and I, I think the price of gold in Brazil is up like ninety percent year over year. Mm. So it's not hard to imagine that you know earnings are going to be fantastic. And back on the majors, there's obviously a move here to move into these stocks, and of course I always put it down to the computers. <laughs> He's yeah. spitting out. Well, what's the best performing group? Well, of course, it's been the gold stocks. And who's got the best earnings growth? Well, the gold stock. Uh, maybe I should buy some of that. And, of course, we hear anecdotally that there's a lot of buying going on of the majors, and which is great because the people selling the majors will be moving down into the intermediates, and then the intermediates will move down into the small companies and, and the explorers, and the whole thing will uh, will rise as one. Let's talk about an intermediate uh, that we've discussed quite frequently here over the last six months to 12 months, maybe. Uh, Wallbridge Balmoral had some pretty good news. Yeah, Balmoral came out with a quite a spectacular hole. I think it was like uh, over three meters of uh, 301 grams, something like that. 301 grams. That's almost 10 ounces uh, up just south of the Fenelon property. Now, as you know, Wallbridge that owns Fenelon is merging with Balmoral. And I think what it indicates is that the whole area, not just the Fenelon property, the whole area seems to be setting up to be a whole new gold camp. And when you start talking camps, you're talking multiples of tens of millions of ounces here. Um, that is reminded of the phrase uh, in the 1993 World Series as Joe Carter's home run was going over the, the wall. Uh, then the answer says, touch them all, Joe. And I think, touch them all. Okay, we got Bear Morrow's good. Yes, we own that. Here we got Wallbridge good. Yes, we own that. Uh, we own Ely, who has the, uh, the uh, royalty on Wallbridge. We own Great Thunder that has properties north of that. I mean, it's just, wow. I own Kirkland that owns 10% of Wallbridge. So, man, 
touch them all. We, we love the announcement, and uh, I, I think it'll create a little excitement when things open up today. You've been sniffing around the silver space, if I could put it that way. I, You're sniffing around. Is <laughs> my sn- I sniff around. You do a little bit more than sniff around. Talk about a couple of those companies, would sure. you? Well, first of all, the reason I've been sniffing around and acting is that because I've sort of mentally determined, okay, I think the mines are going to keep operating here. Maybe at reduced levels, but I think they're going to keep operating. And, of course, if you have an open pit, it probably operates at 100% underground the whole different thing uh but i think they're going to keep operating so there's a there's a window of opportunity to buy the stocks and also when i look at the trading of gold and silver and i look at what's happening in the commitment of traders when i look at the open interest not going up anymore in other words the commercials are not standing in there stopping the price from going up yes we get these blitzkriegs that happen like yesterday when i dropped 40 dollars in like a minute uh, but I think that's some guy setting it up for options expiry, which happened uh, yesterday. And, of course, that's now that we've finished the month, uh, things are going to be great. And, of course, I have always had this deep suspicion that silver was the most depressed of all commodities. And I personally own quite a bit of silver. And I thought, well, you know, maybe I should, should make a move here. So about a week and a half ago, I got a pretty good position in a company called Silvercrest. I've been asked about Silvercrest on this broadcast before. I say, you know, I missed it. I, I didn't get it. It's a great company, uh, but, uh, you know, shame on me for missing it. Well, there was an opportunity. The stock sold down a little, so I, I plunked something into it. Uh, another opportunity came along in a company called uh, Mag Silver, and uh, they needed about 50-odd million to finally have their CapEx funded for their joint venture. And I thought, you know, if you go in, if you give them the 50 uh, that will solve a big problem for the stock market, the worrying about wh- whether they're going to get the 50 or not. As it turned out, I, I put 60 in, uh, which more than got them over the edge. And, uh, and the stock went up about, uh, about at 13.25, went to 17.25 in like two days. Mm-hmm. And I learned about a new phenomenon. I learned about the phenomenon of people being short stocks in anticipation of events. And of course, the event in the case of uh, Mag Silver was going to be, oh, we're all going to buy this issue. We'll get it at a discount to market. So let's short it ahead of time and buy it on the issue. And then I come along and buy all the issue. And now all of a sudden, all the shorts are sitting there naked short and nothing to buy. And, and the stock, I think, went up more than it should have gone up. And, and it got me thinking about shorts, and I've spent a lot of time this week studying the short situation. As you know, I'm uh, trying to get involved with a group called Save Canadian Mining that yep. would like the uptick rule reinstituted. Yep. And a company that I'm involved with called Rio2 uh, put out a news release saying that they're, they're making inquiries about massive shorting in their stock, both in the U.S. and Canada over just the last month. And in fact, I think the comment made was that there were 40 million phantom shares shorted. What? Phantom. These are shares that don't even exist, okay? It's just where some lender says to some guy who wants to short it, yeah, here, we'll, we'll cover you on the loan. We what? have a position here, even though they don't have a position there. And of course, it lets the guy short it. And there's been many instances of uh, companies where more than 100% of the 
shares are outstanding. That's outrageous. Because, because these guys create shares totally out of thin air. That's outrageous. Which, it is outrageous, and it makes me even more want to get into this thing and try to bring some resolution to it because it's uh, it's just the, about the worst thing that could possibly happen. So uh, the, the investment in the silver shares all of a sudden brought the realization to me that happened in not just the little companies but the big companies. And, of course, when I hear that Rio 2 has phantom shares, oh, my God, now the problem's even bigger than than I might have imagined. So I'm going to spend a little time on that in the weeks going forward. Goodness gracious. Uh, we had a couple of questions this week asking about uh, your investment in silver. Some people wanting to get involved, and they, you know, their first thought is to buy exchange-traded funds or exchange-traded notes. And people start thinking, well, I could really capitalize if I get one of these leverage deals, you know, two times and three times. Yeah. So the question is, what do you think of those? Yeah, I've never bought them. Uh, I think they're very inappropriate. Uh, there's a, a timed evaluation that goes on there all the time. You know, as, as we logically know, you can't get three times the action on something. You've got to give up something to get that, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like uh, when uh, the, the uh, Zero Hedge, it, w- which is a website, but it's also a statement. You can't hedge for nothing. There's a cost to hedging, okay? There's yeah. no perfect thing where you can you think you're going to get three times the leverage and you're not taking on risk. That's just as naive as can be. And we've seen some very, very unusual uh, non-correlations in some of these plays recently. So I think, uh, you know, you should be satisfied. Just own whatever it is you want to own and forget the leverage part because Boy, when you're wrong, or if it's wrong and not working properly, you could lose a lot of money in a big, big hurry. Yeah. And again, as always, we always appreciate all the names and questions that are sent in. The email is submissions at SprottMoney.com. That's the email you want to use if you want to send in something to us for these weekly wrap-ups. We had a lengthy list of companies this week. A lot of names that uh, Eric does not have an opinion on, so we don't talk about them. But I do have a couple here that I know you can discuss. One is this uh, Mistango and Ore Finders. Yeah. I think I might have commented on it before. Stephen Stewart, I think, is the gentleman who runs it. And he he one time sent me a uh, picture of the properties that he owned that were right beside the Macassa mine that Kirkland Lake owns in Ontario. I thought... Oh my God, this guy's got the extension of the amalgamated break. If you get the extension of the main break, uh, I think the market cap at the time was like $2 million or something. Hmm. I, I couldn't help myself. Uh, so I bought a fair piece of it. I like I might own 30 or 40%. I'm not sure. Anyway, um, I, I bought that in the parent company's called Ore Finders. And I'm just, it's an area play. I'm just betting. I think the amalgamated break extends west. And I'm, I'm, I'd be, even less surprised that the old floor break extends west. So this guy's sitting in, the, in a pretty good position here in terms of the prospectivity of his properties. And the other one is a company called Golden Predator. Sure. Golden Predator, uh, I'm an investor in it. I'm probably a 10% investor, maybe a little higher. I'm not sure. Uh, they recently did an issue. I think they raised two and a half, three and a half million dollars. They have a, uh, an ore body called Brewery Creek. Uh, that they're uh, hoping to bring back into production. I think this funding will help them get there. It's in the Yukon. Uh, and I think the the economics are, of course, at $1,700. Gold are incredibly robust. Uh, 
uh, as as anybody with an ore body who can get into the production. I mean, I can't imagine not making a lot of money at seventeen hundred dollar gold when the average guy's ASIC was around twelve hundred. So even to make you know five hundred dollars on like a hundred thousand ounces is fifty million dollars, which is not bad. I'm going to guess the guy's market cap's probably forty or something. So. Uh, I like it. Uh, hopefully, he can get the the mine back into operation and uh, start throwing off some money to shareholders. Well, Eric, we made it through the week. It was uh, frustrating to watch. It almost always is frustrating into the end of the month. But now we enter May, where we got a lot of contracts standing for delivery. Suddenly, I think a record amount of May silver contracts. We've got yes, the. I should I should have mentioned that. It's yeah, fifty million ounces is standing for delivery in in uh, silver, and twenty five tons of gold standing for delivery as well. So those are big, big numbers here. Just to put it in perspective, we produce about eighty million ounces a month. We got fifty standing for delivery on Comex. We had about fifty go into the ETS this last month. Where is the silver coming from? Yeah. Well, or the GLD is up. What one hundred and twenty tons. In the last six weeks, where are they getting that? Yeah. That's a very good question. <laughs> you know, allegedly it's in such short supply, but the GLD can source it. Well, anyway, that's a topic for another day. It has been, though, an interesting week. Next week's going to be interesting, too. We'll have up some economic data, the U.S. employment report by next Friday as well, but then all of these earnings reports as, as well. I'm sure you'll be watching all of it. Anything else on your mind? Not really. I think it's a it's a good time to think about owning gold stocks. As you pointed out, I mean, the GDX is broken out here. I think, you know, the average stock's up like 70 to 100% in the last seven or eight weeks. Uh, I think the, the breakout would suggest like, man, this thing could double again here. And uh, I'm pretty hopeful. I'm, you know, there's been some shenanigans going on in both the silver and gold here as we ended the month, but I'm pretty certain we're going to get on another run here. And uh, I think, all the money's watching now. All the money's watching the gold stock and gold and silver. So it could be a lot of fun. Well, I look forward to talking to you next week. Again, please visit SprottMoney.com on your way out. Uh, not only are we a great bullion dealer, but also a bullion storage. And under the Insights tab, you'll find all sorts of research reports, analysis, and podcasts as well. You can sign up for a newsletter that all that information gets sent to you as well. So you would never miss any of it. Again, that's at SprottMoney.com. Eric, thank you uh, for your time this morning. Again, I, I hope uh, we survive next week a little better than this week, and I look forward to talking to you then. Okay, I'll look forward to it too. We got, uh, we got an opening here, and uh, I'm looking forward to touching them all. And from all of us at Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com, thank you for listening, and have a great weekend.